Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about the year that was. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 37. Uh, To the listeners, it doesn't feel like it, but for us, we're back. We had kind of pre-recorded a bunch of episodes, so we've had a little bit of a break. We're back. (laughs) We're back. (laughs) I have to remember how to do this. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Where, Where do I point the microphone? Um, yeah, so we got a, a big show today. Matt's going to go through some news. We're going to talk about the year of 2018 and what that looked like, what the, the arc of the story of 2018 was. Matt's got a story for us. We got a question of the week, but before we get into We don't all, have uh, a question of the week. We don't have a question? Unless you have a question. Are we cutting the question? That was the plan. Yeah. Now that you're saying it, I remember that we <laughs> cut it. Oh, I'm sorry, Eldon. We'll get to your question next week. <laughs> oh, Eldon. We actually have, I think next week, no, we're, nope. we're pushing Eldon. Eldon is a, a realtor out of town who came in and recorded a show, but we're actually pushing him for a bit. Um, okay, so no question of the week. But before we get into the news, we are doing the news. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um What's going on, Jer? I was. I thought maybe been? we would just have all like new segments for for 2019. What are you thinking? Um, we could start with like what Jer had for lunch. Maybe could be one. Remember when we were first starting, and I wanted to do a segment about what we were drinking? Yeah, but we're all drinking water. Water. <laughs> we're boring. <laughs> Matt's got a new filter uh, for the the fridge, so the water comes out a lot quicker now. It was that's, sweet. That's pretty yeah. exciting. You know, you're old when you love the new water filter. <laughs> Just appreciate the little things in life, um, but it's awesome. We're we're back. Obviously, we mentioned that um, we've got some awesome stuff coming up. A new yeah. venue to record in, perhaps. Oh yeah, they were painting it up. We're we're moving the location, which is pretty exciting. We've got awesome guests coming. Some good shows planned. Next week, we've got an awesome person. Really awesome. Really awesome. Not Eldon. Not Eldon. We, One day so you'll, get awesome. to, you'll get to meet Eldon. We bumped Eldon. <laughs> for for, for Counselor PJ? Yeah. He, do, do, can we call him that, PJ? You should try and see how see it goes. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, the formal name is, is Counselor PJ. We're talking about Patrick Johnson. Pat, yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah. Yeah. He's been on the show before, and it'll be quite timely because he's going to come on and help us understand what's going on with the tax assessments in New West. But. Which doesn't sound... It's a hot topic right it's now. Sexy. It sounds yeah, it's super. <laughs> Stop saying that our topics don't sound interesting. <laughs> we said that about Strata, but we ended up talking about it for two episodes. Yeah, so don't open with this is going to be boring. <laughs> if, if we set the bar low enough. It turns out Jared just doesn't like our show. <laughs> I am bored a lot. <laughs> we know. It's going to let you guys hash, well, hash it out. I'm very happy we're bringing on Pat because he can break down the numbers. He can be fact guy and keep us totally in line. And then we can just sort of spitball whatever ideas we think apply to taxes. What happens when you put two fact guys in a room together? Like, does one of you have to be the alpha? No, it's a super fact. Unless, well, yeah, if you disagree, then it it's... It depends on who you got. Okay. 
a guy like Pat and I, we're fine. You're going to behave yourself. We, we don't have any ego problems. You, you don't need to show him who's boss. No. no, no. <laughs> I'm very happy for him to bring tax facts. Excellent. Tax fact. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's been going on, Matt? What have you been doing? Well, a lot of what we're talking about, right? Yeah, kind of getting the show get, getting going is really what's on my mind. I've invested some of my mental attention and time into getting our new recording space ready. You've been working really hard on well, getting because that we space record ready. at my house. And and did did the did Liz drop the hammer? Like no, it's time to go. No, I'm just I'm just personally motivated and happy to move it out of the house. You want to get us out of your space? <laughs> he wants his dining room table back. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So I love I love the way it's coming along. We're going to do a little testing in there, make sure everything sounds good. Yeah, and uh, I'm just I'm excited for everything we got coming in the next couple of months. It sounds like we got a good plan for the show. So we're going to start rocking stuff here and getting our our listeners uh, reengaged and excited about this next year. Cool. Well, I've I've had a little bit of a rocky start to the year, and and this is maybe for any of our listeners out there who think that real estate is a really easy job. <laughs> I I had. Two real hard things happened yesterday. One was I went on a listing appointment that felt like a slam dunk. And Matt Matt and I have talked about this before, but it's kind of the curse when the, the person you're talking to says, I'm going to go with you, and I just have one more person to talk to, so I'm not going to sign any contracts yet. <laughs> and, I mean, the appointment couldn't have gone better. I, she canceled. She had three realtors lined up canceled one of the other realtors on the spot and then had to talk to the parent's friend who's an out-of-town realtor doesn't know the area her words and then i got a text message thank you for your time it's not you <laughs> yeah yeah totally so um that was a little bit of a, a sting a, a sting and then the and then the compounding was i had a deal collapse same day oh. um the That's buyer a- had done their inspection we had fixed things that they found in the inspection, and then their financing. The buyer had some credit stuff that wasn't found in the pre-approval. And I felt for bad for the buyer's agent, too, because he, he was like, yeah, I feel bad. I, I actually paid for the inspection because the guy told me his money was tied up in the sale of his property. I don't think I'm ever getting that money back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, and I had to deliver to the, the news to my seller, who was pretty upset. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> offers are hard to come by right now, let alone an offer that's going to firm up. So, when you pull the rug out from underneath that, well, that's and w- a hard fall. Once they do the inspection and then renegotiate after the inspection, the feeling was, Feels like yeah, we got that this. was done. Yeah. And that's maybe a little teaser, too. We we planned out our whole month, and if we're we're lucky, we might have a... An inspector on to come and uh, talk about the show, which yeah, we talked about that cool. right at the end of last year. We were talking about our top five episodes, right? And I, I said that I, I I really wanted another crack at our inspection episode. Yeah, so we're putting that uh, high priority. Yeah, uh, we're working on. We're chasing someone right now. We yeah. we need to get an answer, and we'll have more information soon. But why don't we get to some information from the news? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can go write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Oh, I'm doing the news. 
You are you are doing the news. Speaking of getting back in a rhythm, Matt, you have one jump. <laughs> off, off air for our listeners, we were talking about how it's a little weird when you do this every week. You don't even think about it, and then now we're, we're just a little out of practice. And and then Matt was just staring off into space as we. So came. are we coming back, Jeff? Uh, yeah, Jeff, come on! Like you, you have one segment that you you're leading us off in. Well, it, the news story was your recommendation. Yes, that is so, true. So maybe that's where I got tied up. Yeah. But uh, uh, as comes out every single month, uh, all of the different news outlets uh, write their story based on the stats from the month before. So being the beginning of January, everybody's running their, their article right now. But the Vancouver Sun wrote a good headline that says 2018 home sales lowest in 18 years. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy news. And the previous low, like 2008, was a big drop. It that was, was a bad year in real estate. Yeah, but if we're talking December, it would have been December 09. Right. Oh, sorry, no, no, December 08. 08. Sorry, yeah. December 08, yeah. December 08 and 09 were low. But but that's the headline. And, and let's keep in mind what that means. That's number of sales. Not price. Yeah, let's not think that prices are anywhere near 18 years ago. Oh, man. <laughs> That would be run for the hills time. <laughs> That'd be nice. So uh, break it down a little bit. Uh, the the decrease was thirty one point six percent compared to two thousand seventeen. Thirty one point six percent less sales. Fewer fewer, fewer sales. sales for all of two thousand eighteen compared to all of two thousand seven. No, I'm sorry. Yes, the entire year it sounds about right. The entire yeah. year, and that's consistent. Like a right after the summer, there were some articles coming out about how sales were down about 30%. So it seemed like they just kind of stayed right around that. Yeah, so sales volume. And then the other part of that is the number of listings on the market. So Are they down, Matt? (laughs) But not by much. Yeah. So the, the number of places that are up for sale is really not all that different than last year. Last year, it was um, 1.9% higher. So in better terms, 1.9% decrease in the number of listings. For the whole year. For the whole year. Because I know, like I was just looking at the December stats for New West Condos, and December 2018 had way more listings than December 2017. Um, But maybe it started slow. Yeah, and 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 that's the whole point of our discussion today beyond this news story is that 2018 was pretty seriously fun and terrifying roller coaster. It was a thrill ride. Yeah. So, (laughs) so there's, there are a lot of ups and downs. So when we're talking these numbers, like, Oh, total sales across 2018, we're going to talk about this when we come into our, our larger discussion today, but the front end of 2018 was smoking hot. Yeah. Right. So that's that's going to skew this a little bit. So anyway, listings were down slightly from compared to 2017, and then compared to 2016, it was a 6.9 percent decrease. Say that again. The number of listings is is a 6.9 percent decrease compared to 2016. So sales are down 30 percent. Yeah. But listings are down 6.9. Yeah, but that's compared to 16, not 17. It's only two percent down compared to just the year before. Right. You just think they're that the news outlets are just sort of cherry picking what gives us a, a big number, um, what's going to be a good headline when they're coming up with these stories. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the rest of the article, which pretty much has all of the stats. Yeah. Right. And so it's not hiding anything or cherry picking. And I mean the only part it cherry picks is the headline. Right. Right. Which and, and we might have we talked about this on the show. We've talked about Garth and the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> like the writer of the article isn't necessarily writing the headline, right? 
So yeah, yeah whatever's whatever's going to hook people. So so the the critical part is the massive difference is in volume. And then they do speak to prices. So the composite benchmark price for all residential homes in all of Metro Vancouver was down 2.7%. I had an email just this morning from a client who's looking to buy a house saying, the news keeps saying prices are falling. When am I going to see house prices falling? Because she's been looking. They adjusted at the beginning. And they're, they're not all that different. You know, the, she's expecting based on the media much larger larger drops than what we've seen so far. Yeah, when when you read a number that says 30% drop, you think yeah. that refers to, to prices, but it's yeah. not. Uh, so prices overall down 2.7%. For detached, 7.8%. Yeah. So bigger hit for the detached homes. Condos did better. Again, skewed by some really strong condo numbers in the front end of 2018. Yeah, I'd be very curious if they took the strong months out. Because I, I feel like, personally, and you guys tell me if you're seeing the same thing, I think condos are falling harder than houses right. are right so now. So next line in the article. Yeah. This is oh, a well-written okay. article. <laughs> yeah. Condo prices went up slightly by 0.6% across the full 12-month period. They declined 6.4% yeah. since June. That makes sense. So they've presented the information yeah. reasonably well. Uh, and that really is the guts of the news story and brings us to a year in review. So let's break it down. Let's do it. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. When we were discussing how we would review the year, Matt got really excited and he put together essentially a timeline. And we all as a group discussed all the events, but Matt, being fact Matt, has actually put it together in a graphic. So I think the way we're going to do this is we're going to go chronologically. We're going to start at the beginning of the year and just go through the story of what happened. And I think because, Matt, you've put together our timeline, uh, you should be our guide as we go through this. Oh, I'll do that. Everyone's yeah. going to want to see this graphic now, too. Yes. <laughs> well, my graphic consists of text, and some of it is highlighted. Ooh. <laughs> Did you highlight in different colors? No. <laughs> Rookie mistake. <laughs> Press for time. You guys gave me a lot of homework yesterday. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first milestone that really kicked off 2018 was the announcement that the mortgage stress test was going to apply to every mortgage in Canada. So prior to that, it had applied to any insured mortgage. So, so if you had less than 20% down. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so the, the announcement came out in November of 2017, and it was going to take effect January 1st, 2018. That was going to start our year. Yeah. So everybody knows now that what they're going to be approved for down the road is going to be less than what their approval is on December 31st. Right. The catch. Or so they thought. Yeah. (laughs) We then, uh, and I forget the details of how the ping-ponging back and forth went, but there was certainly some lobbying to say, allow some pre-approvals to go through under the pre-existing regulations. And I would say that probably uh, definitely was the source of a lot of our excitement to start the year. So, yeah, before we get into the excitement, I, I do have very clear memories because... 
I had um, a listing that was hard to sell, and then this news came out, and it got harder to sell. The excitement didn't ha- the rush didn't happen right away. When it was first announced, there was no we're going to find a way to extend people's pre approvals. The thought was December thirty first, boom, everything changes. Yeah, and there was panic. People were really, really freaking out. December felt like a real yeah tough time. Totally thinking back thirteen months. Yeah, because <laughs> that's easy to do. Yeah, yeah. They it, it was it was massive panic, and and I mean it wasn't just um, that it qualified for everybody, but they also so for those people who don't know, the stress test is actually, in my opinion, a really good idea. Essentially, what they're trying to do is they're trying to avoid the problem that happened in the states a few years ago, where everybody was maxed out with their credit, and then when their mortgages came up for renewal, they couldn't afford. To renew their mortgages. At a higher interest rate. At a higher interest rate. So the stress test is even if you qualify for your mortgage at the time, you have to qualify for it at a little bit of a higher interest rate with the expectation that rates are so insanely low right now that you won't be in trouble when chances are in five years they're going to be higher. How nice for the the banks that the federal government forced the consumers to be approved for the banks to then increase their rates so the banks could go to the government and say, <laughs> we, should, we, we can increase our rates. Look at this. That's, we can make more money that's now. That's some next level conspiracy. <laughs> it's, it's not theories. It's fact. And we were we were trying to get some answers too, like talking to Stephanie. I remember trying to say like, what about these, you know, other pre-approvals that are still in? You could yeah. have a deal on your property and, and not know, is it going to complete? Um, because they'll, they will do another check closer to that completion date. You could have removed your conditions and all of a sudden no you don't qualify for it um it seemed like some some lenders had uh they had some more info than others and they were able actually able to say like no we're going to go until the end and it seemed like there was even an extension for some people yeah so why don't we get into that actually okay well and i like where you set it up jeff where you said you had a listing at the end of the year and things weren't looking good it reminded me i had a listing that i sold on december 12th yeah, and I remember specifically the conversation with the seller just saying to us, you know, we don't know what next year looks like. We're all quite concerned for 2018 yes. with these new rules coming. He says, I'll take what I can get. I'm not trying to fight this. Let's get this deal done. And then on January 12th, I took buyers out to see a townhouse. They kind of got into it. Oh, I think we're going to move. We're, we're, we got kids. It's time to leave our condo. And we go and we look at it. And I said, I just have a good feeling about like, this is the right one for you. Go ahead and pull the trigger. Now, you're not going to do great on your condo sale. Nothing has sold in New West over the last quarter of 2017. Like, two-bedroom condos don't sell for more than 600 They right. just don't, they, they're not cracking 600 Jerry, you and I talked about this, like, a, a yeah. number of times. Yeah, that was a ceiling. Yeah, and we're like, it's just statistically, like, nobody's willing to go over that. So you just got to bank on that's what's going to happen. Did this townhouse deal, listed their condo a week later for five ninety nine. And I was absolutely blown away. We had open houses Saturday, Sunday, and each day, the first day I came down 10 minutes, I came down the, into the lobby from the elevator 10 minutes before my open house was scheduled to start. And there were a dozen people standing outside the door waiting for me. Are you talking about the point? Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. was pandemonium. It was absolutely insane. I had an entire lobby full of people. It was 30 people in the lobby waiting their turn. Jeremy helped me with one of them. Yeah. 
This is before we were the new West guys. Yeah. And we're just shuttling just like massive groups of people up. Ended up selling that place for six sixty one. And that will forever be the story That's, that is locked in my and, head. And, in and what was the list price? Five ninety nine. Yeah. Thought we would never crack six hundred. I said, like, maybe guys, if you're really lucky, like six twenty. Yeah. And we were just coming out of like there was a lot of buyer fatigue the year before. And we're not talking about the year that was that was before the year that was that was we <laughs> saw crazy increases and we're like okay because it was already slowing down prior to stress tests that were like okay this is we've we've seen it you know i i had buyers right at that same time matt who lost out on four places before they got the one that they did and every offer was it was just like houses from yeah. the past when yeah. the houses went nuts people were writing subject free they weren't having a home inspection, and they were writing a hundred grand over asking price, which is yeah. what the houses were doing. But a hundred grand on five ninety nine is actually way more than a hundred grand over on one point two million. Yeah, like it's it's insane. It was crazy. Yeah. So that is that one story that the very like just at the end of January it just kicked things off, and it felt like that for the next. Well, let's say three months, right? Because what had happened, I don't think we've actually said this yeah, yet, is the banks found a way to honor the old pre-approvals. So if you had a pre-approval before December 31st and all of the smart banks and mortgage brokers renewed all their clients' pre-approvals right before it kicked in, you didn't need to qualify under the stress test rules. So the, the motivation behind this was if I don't buy now, I I don't qualify to buy this after. So all of a sudden, everybody's buying power was going to go away, and people panicked. Well, and the strange thing to me with that is in speaking to a lot of people involved, they were not personally affected by that. Yeah. It was a small segment of the population, but they had such an urgency that they had an effect on the market, which is kind of similar to speaking to foreign buyers. They're a small segment of the buying community, right. but they did have a large impact because everybody still had to compete with their urgency, their aggressiveness. Well, and, and there's this weird belief, both with the foreign buyers and the people trying to rush to beat the stress test, that they're never going to run out, that there's just an unlimited amount of them. They're just going to keep buying and keep buying and keep buying, and I'm going to get forced out. There's such a fear of loss. Well, yeah, yeah, time. fear yeah. of uh, just the market will never stop going up. Yeah. And that seemed to be what perpetuated it through to May and June is, well, the last one sold for so much, I don't want to be caught buying the one three sort of units down the road from now. Right. That's going to cost me another 50000 Because in June, nobody still has the pre-approval. Like the people, <laughs> the stress test rules are in full effect by June. Um, I think most people get a three-month pre-approval. I don't know. I, I, yeah. You'd have to ask Steph to clarify this, but um, I don't know that they can do these really long terms. I know some of the new developments do longer term ones, but the majority of people's pre-approvals had run out by June for sure. Yeah. So, and that is when things started to cool off. Yeah. But, but May, like it was still incredibly strong, incredibly strong. Now we're speaking to condos. Yeah. Let's be clear on that. All of these stories are are related to condos. Um, Yeah. Houses were not, this, this is a condo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now condos or sorry, houses were, doing better in a sense they looked like things had improved there was but they had settled into their happy place yeah you know there was there was no more price increases it was just a matter of right house right price it will sell Uh, and and there there was a cap on it too like i i feel like the the wealthier the buyer the less that they were affected by this like i had a really high-end townhouse for sale in the first quarter of the year that we listed 
for the same price as a unit in November that had sold. And we couldn't get someone at that. Like we, we got beat up huge on the price <laughs> when we listed it based on what was going on. And the the higher end, because anything over a million dollars, they've been dealing with, they've got bigger down payments. They have to have 20% down. It's just a different game at that, at that price. Yeah, point. it is. So we're, we're speaking still to the first half of the year, um, They've talked about, we talked about in our news story about how sales volume was down so much. Right. If we look at just that first part of 2018, it really is a massive difference on the graph, like statistically. It spikes. Well, no, 2018 is a a much shorter spike than the previous one, two, three years. As far, oh, sorry, maybe I don't understand what you're saying. Number of sales. Because I'm not looking at... Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the beginning of the year compared to the, the end of the year. Oh, no. Just the beginning of 2018 compared to the beginning of 17, the beginning of 16, oh, the beginning I, of I 15. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you would think because it was so aggressive and we had 30 people lined up in lobbies yeah. that the sales volume was, was pretty strong there. Well, you, you've got the stats in front of you and I, I can't see them. So you yeah. tell me if I'm wrong, but my feeling at the time was a big part of the problem was there were not enough condos for sale. Like it every time it was, there just didn't feel like there was enough inventory compared to how many buyers there were out there. Inventory didn't start like for, well, for New West didn't start picking up until March. Do you have snap stats in front of you? No, I'm looking at the board stats. Jerry, Um, you've got snap stats. Can you pass that to me? I just told you what it says. I know, but I want to look at something different. (laughs) Because I'm not fact, Jerry. Because you're not fact, (laughs) Jerry. Yeah, so so look at this in um, or listen to this, if you will. So January, we're talking about New West condos, eighty three sales, seventy nine listings. Now that's physically impossible, but part of what happens there is sales are uh, reported when the sale date is on the contract, um, and sometimes they get turned in late. So sometimes the month over carries over, but still everything sold February ninety four listings. Like it was, there was not enough inventory. Everything was selling. Like that's a hundred percent sell through rate for three months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for those, for <laughs> yeah. those three months. But yeah. even then, when you look at peak inventory, then April had 20 or sorry, number of sales. Yeah. 2,600 sales in April, but in the previous years, 3,500. So an extra 30%. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the relationship. Yeah, no, of I, I, number hear, of I hear what you're to, saying, yeah. but at the same time, it's just shocking that we didn't get the number of listings to support that yes, kind of activity. Totally. Yeah. Right. So despite all this competition, all these people fighting over it, which is part of what drove up prices. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy when you think about it. The first half of the year was so aggressive on condos, people pushing up prices, driving them up because there isn't enough inventory. The prices are never going to stop going up. Oh my gosh. If only there had been more inventory, the prices wouldn't have gone up so much. And then all of a sudden there's just this fear and this just this collapse it starts in June. It's just a nutty year. Who wants to feel important? Whose phone's ringing? That was me. <laughs> Jeff's so important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we had such a strong year uh, with condos for the first half. Yeah. And if we're looking at some chronology of some of the milestone events of the year, the other thing we wanted to look at was government intervention. So dun, dun, dun. So there's the stress test, which yeah. is the, the federal government, and, and that's them putting in some mortgage rules. But then the BC government. So the BC NDP was sworn in in July of 2017, and they made their promises around housing 
it being a massive talking point during the election. Probably the most important talking point for for a lot of people. Fair enough. Yeah. They had a, th- they had a 30 point plan. <laughs> they, That's a lot of points. They did. They released that 30 point plan February of 2018. So what does that mean? You know, we had the stress test stuff started January 1st. We started to get all of this aggressive activity right. by the end of January before the government has even announced their plan. You know, we're already off to the races. Yeah. It didn't really seem to slow anybody down from February through to the summer. No. <laughs> Right. So that was announced February 2018. And it wasn't the actual plan for speculation and vacant home tax wasn't tabled to go to the legislature until October. Right. And then uh, it was given the fancy term royal assent at the legislature Hmm. uh, at the end of November. Okay. So so it only just happened. Hmm. Uh, So as far as the NDP government trying to get involved, it was it was just a lot of talk. Right. The whole goal of it was to try and curb the the boom of the real estate market. I think they want, I mean, I, I think they were very open about the fact that they, affordability was the goal. They were yeah. trying to slow, slow things down for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I think, and I, 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 even though you're saying it wasn't legislated, yeah, it was a good chunk of it probably was offset by the urgency of the, like we talked about the stress tests from actually seeing the effects of that plan. I mean, not quite in place, but yeah, I had a hard time, uh, looking at a significant impact of the speculation attack announcement, like in speculation attack. I just called it a speculation attack. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a little bit Freudian. (laughs) (laughs) The speculation tax, I didn't see it really applying to any of my personal situations with clients I was working with. I had a client who really freaked out and it applied to him. He works up north, but he lives down here. Yeah. But he has a place up north for when he goes and he's there for a few weeks and then he comes back and he lives in Burnaby. And he is totally not what the speculation tax is trying to be targeted, but he does get targeted. Yeah, right. and there was a lot of pushback to try to not uh, punish these people yeah. who are significant contributors to the local economy. Yeah. And yet still the government wouldn't budge on it. It was it was disappointing. So um, as far as how the year went and how sales went and all the rest of it, I don't think it had a massive impact on the swings of or the ups and downs we saw through the year. People ask me all the time about speciation. Speci- now I'm doing it, Matt. The <laughs> speciation tax. It's a speciation attack. Yeah, the speciation attacks. Um, speculation tax. I think that had way less of an impact. To me, the stress test is the the big one. Yeah, that makes sense. And then we made it to the fall. Well, let's talk about let's talk about when we we mentioned a few times here that by June the writing was on the wall. Things were changing. And it was abrupt. It was abrupt and I honestly can't say there was a specific trigger for anyone. It was almost just we've had enough. Yeah, collectively we're out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jer, we saw it firsthand at one renaissance, the one bedroom we yep. had. It, we we had it going specifically during that three-week period. Yeah. There was a lot going on. New rules for us, too. Like, there was just all sorts of things that were coming in into play. On, on Jameson, I had... There was a listing in the tower in Jameson, uh, one of the, the three-bedroom layouts. No view, really low down, that sold for $800,000. We listed... Another one on the 13th floor with one of the best views you could ever imagine. 
and uh, we are still on the market, and we are asking six sixty five. It's crazy. Yeah, that's just nuts. Yeah, I mean, our- that's my deal that collapsed. Oh by the way, gosh. I feel so oh, bad for the seller, especially because she even said to me afterwards because we looked at that eight hundred thousand dollars sale. She's like, I missed it by a week, mm-hmm. like one week later, and it was gone yeah people were just done i mean and we're not we're not here to plug our listings but that's if anyone who's listening who's looking for it's a great building great views <laughs> yeah great I, I got a i got a heck of a deal <laughs> and it's newly available <laughs> yeah i mean our firsthand experience was that we put an off or a property on the market knowing that things were potentially shifting but it was still in that space there was a sale three days like it processed three days before we listed. So we're like, well, people are still buying at this price, 530,000. We're going to list it around, I think it was 515 or 520, see what we can do. Maybe we asked 530, I don't know. But we did get an offer in the first week. We got two offers. One was terrible. The other was, oh, no. the other was 520. Totally workable. Yeah. And, and so we accepted it. The buyer's totally on board, goes through all of it. And we've actually talked about this example on the show before. Stephanie was here. The buyer ended up getting declined for their financing because they weren't aware that the rules had changed, that the buyer, they were buying it as an investment. And the buyer had oh, to show income. They couldn't just no. show assets. So the deal collapsed. I remember that one. Yeah. And a few weeks go by. It wasn't many weeks. It was a lot of heartache to try to pull something together. And we sold it for, I think, 480, 480 sounds right. Yeah. Right? Wow. In a matter of weeks. Just, yeah, that person was very happy to offer 520 based on the historical performance for the month before. And it felt like that, there, so that slump, sort of lull, slump happened. Um, but I gave like maybe three, four months, would you say? I don't know where we are on the chronologically on the timeline. Are we? You can speak to are, whatever you want. Jared. Are we into August? We're into August. Well, that was the, that was the June event that brought about a change that had effect for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. and summers were slow. Yep. Fairly, it was a fairly typical. We talk about like the seasons of real estate. It was a fairly typical summer where there's just not too much happening, not a lot of new listings going on. There's still sales and still people looking, um, but it felt like it, it felt like in September. People started to, if people were waiting for the bottom, it felt like people were like, I'm okay with where these prices have been adjusted to. Yeah. And they start, they start writing offers again. Yeah, for sure. Well, they started writing offers, but they weren't writing very aggressive offers. And we started <laughs> seeing some real lowball offers too. Well, you're seeing the sales come through and you're seeing yeah. a massive difference between asking price and sale price. You go, okay, there's been a concession here. And that, yeah. that to me, those concessions in September came from an acceptance by the sellers that there'd been too much of a good thing. Yeah. And if I want to sell, it's got to be at a new price. Yeah. Stop being stubborn and play along. And all of a sudden, things that were totally unacceptable were good again, like subject to sale. That was took totally some, viable. That took some time, though. And we're still dealing, there's still some learning that's happening with, with the sellers, but the subject to sales were, it took a few months before people were. Like there was, I don't know if it was just agents that have never seen one before or sellers that, why would I tie up my property yeah. and just uneducated on, on what it takes There's to sell a There's an adjustment period, but I, I did multiple subject to sale deals last year and I don't remember the last time. Like I, I, I think I had at least four offers accepted subject to sale. Now two of them I got bumped on, yeah. um, but but people were accepting subject to sale offers. All yeah, of and we had yeah. been talking about this last year. Jared and I couldn't get one accepted. We kept getting turned yeah. down and trying to explain to these guys, like, why, why are you turning us away? Yeah. 
Yeah, we 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 had turned downs and we had um and we got bumped too. But uh, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, that's how it works. But for the longest time, it was so good for the sellers. They're just like, take your subject to sale and go. I am not interested. I, <laughs> I will. I will only accept asking yeah, or higher. Subject free asking. <laughs> <laughs> or don't bother. Yeah. So. Uh, Talking about seasonality of real estate, the seasonality typically comes out of the the winter season, like into January and February, and, and comes out pretty strong with some pent up demand. Yeah, we saw that at the beginning of two thousand eighteen, but there was some other factors that were driving things. Yeah, it's not like like last year's yeah. was. And then normal seasonality is for things to cool in the summer. Yeah, and I would say that that's what we experienced as well. And then because of that, I think we all sort of had some expectations that September, October, November would follow a similar seasonal yeah, trend. Yeah, it, it, it's not a springtime market, but usually it's a decent market. You get a little lift from the summer, yeah. right? Now, the milestone that we wanted to identify, the last milestone uh, on the calendar was when did the media really start talking about the real estate market not looking so good in 2018? And the earliest stories I could see where they really started to talk, you know, negative uh, outlooks was the very, very beginning of September. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I'm just going to go and I'm going to look at some statistics here, some charts where you guys maybe talk about September. I just want to see how it relates to actual volumes because anecdotally, we feel like September was was low, right? Well, one thing I... I could talk while I'm stalling for Matt to find <laughs> the thing is something that I think is really telling about the year as a whole is medallion. And for our listeners, medallion is how the real estate board of greater Vancouver recognizes the top 10% of the industry. So to be in the top 10% of the industry for the whole year, I think it was only 14 sales. So, I mean, Almost just you're making one sale of a month and you're the best of the best in Greater Vancouver real estate, which I don't think is what the consumers are thinking when they're thinking about real estate. And um, Well, the consumer really has no way of knowing how many transactions we really do. The important yeah. thing is comparing it to what the historical... There have been many years where that number is in the high 20s. Yeah, so there's just a big shift there in terms of how much was happening for everyone. But if I look at September, well, the seasonality is funny enough because the, the market was so strong for the three years before, 15, 16, and 17, yeah. that there's actually a lot fewer sales in the fall than there were in July and August, but only because July and August were like a carryover from an incredibly aggressive spring. Right. So the numbers get skewed there a little bit. Um, but if we go back further in time, you know, historically, you see an, an arc going in an upward direction from the summer mm-hmm. to September, October, November. But that that didn't quite happen for us this year. All you see once we hit September is um, a pretty steadily declining arc. And it's a, a very aggressive drop once December gets plotted on the graph. Yeah. <laughs> right. So how much do you, uh, impact do you think the media had on that when they started picking that up in early September and saying, the market's not looking good, the outlook isn't good, and then by the early October when the September stats were out and they're able to sort of give it teeth and say, okay, September was a bad month, do you think that had an effect on buyers and sellers? Yeah, it feeds it for sure because it gets people excited. And I'm not saying... They shouldn't report it because 100% they should. It, it is what's happening. 
but it it feeds into all the people who have been waiting for the market to crash start getting really excited. Like I when the market prices changed, I got on the phone and I called all of my leads over the past couple years who had been priced out of the market as things got crazier and crazier. A couple of them came back and bought and got something that, that was better than what they could have gotten when they were looking the first time. The majority of them said, oh, thanks, I appreciate it, but we're going to see how far it falls. <laughs> yeah, that's usually yeah. the attitude. <laughs> I mean, it speaks to what I always, how I always wanted to define our market and what I hate about the Metro Vancouver real estate market is it's fear-based. It is very fear-based. In both directions. I'm yeah. scared it's never going to stop going up, so I should offer unconditional and $100,000 over asking, and I'm scared that it's never going to stop going down. Yeah. Right? Uh, so t- there's that effect. But what I what I definitely noticed the most from that, those all of the media pieces that compounded themselves through September and October was the clients we were working with to sell properties had pretty high hopes and maybe standing their ground rather firm yep. early on in the fall. And they have a hard time believing us when we're talking about dramatic changes in the market. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, this is this changed a lot. You know, what we said a month ago is not valid anymore. And if we're going to sell this place, it needs to be at a new, more aggressive price. And we also had some false hope. Like as agents, you see people come through, you see some reasonably good attitudes. You, you think that something's going to happen there. The showings were actually pretty good. Showing volume on certain listings was quite good. Yeah, I experienced that on my listings too. Showings are quite active. Yeah, so it gives you maybe some false hope. And yeah. it took a while for the sellers then just be like, okay, yeah, I understand. I'm not selling for yesterday's price. It's almost like grieving a loss. Like they need time to process <laughs> it and 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 let go of what was. Yeah, I was at 650 and it's hard for me to accept yeah. that that's now 580. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like I know what you're saying. I see it on paper. But my neighbor got $800,000. <laughs> <laughs> that acceptance phase right yeah i mean that that is a description i mean i'm I'm compartmentalizing something from september and october but really it just carried through the rest of the year because november and december were, were pretty crummy like not a lot of activity even more acceptance from sellers to go way down on their prices and that's what we're seeing now and that's what's so complicated when you're looking at one property versus another is okay the asking price is 750 you know, I'm going to write an offer for six fifty. I I will say though, like I got this weird skewed reality because I thought things were picking up in November and December because I I had good months, like better than like your your sales volume was good. My I did a quarter of my year's sales volume in the last couple months of the of the year. I I, I got really busy and I. So when the stats were coming out, I was expecting, I'm like, okay, things have settled. We've got the new prices and we're going to see it. And then they weren't. So I went back and I looked and my listings were very sharply priced. My, my people had very real motivations to sell and they, and we talked about where the market was at and they did. So the one thing that gives me confidence is I think there's a lot of people still trying to get old prices. I think if you're actually priced where the market is, stuff's still selling. There's just not a whole lot that's priced there. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. 100%. You've seen that too, hey, Jerry? Oh, yeah, totally. We're, we're still, there's still a lot of people that are, that are out there 
that we're having conversations with all the time, like seller in particular, yeah. like people that are looking to do an evaluation on their property and we're almost nervous about those initial meetings because you're like, they're they're not going to like this answer because all they know is that John down the hall, you're yes. talking about a condo, sold for 800 So well, that's mine's a, better. It's such and, a tough conversation. And yeah. so that, that theoretical sort of money it's i mean it's it's tangible to them it's real money like that was a value but it wasn't really a value because the values were going up so quickly and artificially and by people who really wanted the property and obviously way more than six other people mm-hmm. that's how you get your 800 was it ever worth 800 to that one person who really needed it needed to buy something yes yeah um but that wasn't a sustained value but that they're hanging gone. they're hanging on to that sustained thinking that that was a st- it was never at that level what I've definitely noticed on the buying side is to what you said, Jeff, you get the price right. Yeah. This is the weird thing about looking at the sales. You look at sales prices compared to asking price is there can be some that are eight to 10% below the asking price. Yeah. And there are others that are right at asking price. Like people mm-hmm. are still writing full price offers in yeah. today's market. You show a buyer something that they think is fair value. They're jumping on it. Well, and, and the, the tactic I've been using on listings is if you know, like, yeah, there's good value here. The game used to be wait until the open house. And Jer talked to me a lot about this. And um, and he's totally right. Now I think the game is, okay, you want to write before the open house? We will take your offer. But you got to pay what we're asking. Yeah. And get them while it's hot. Well, and, and they're just excited not to be in competition. They they can just write on it. They've they're been like, looking for a while. It's still yeah, fresh in their totally. mind. Totally. And, right? and, and it is priced at a fair point. So they're like, okay, like this yep. is a number I'm willing to pay. Yep. Sure, I'll pay your asking price. And I don't have to worry about waiting till after the open house and doing that whole game we've been doing for the last couple of years. Um, I think buyers are seeing value in, in that. Well, and their agents who represent them do. One hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like, so if you pay full price for this right now, this deal's done, and yeah. I don't risk losing it, and I actually get to do a deal this month. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, because remember, the best agents are only doing fourteen deals for the year. Yeah. So the and and they're not wrong in telling their client that. I mean, I had that conversation with a couple buyers where it's like, hey guys, full price. I mean, this is fair. What we can do is we can wait. Yeah. And and you might save ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Fifteen. Or you might have to pay another ten or fifteen to go and beat the next guy. Or you might not get it. Or you just might not get it. So how about we just get it? Okay, yeah. let's just get it. And so, the, pa- the past few months of stats have reflected that too, where you were only seeing one or two percent off for the most part. December was a little bit different, but but for the most part, it was one or two off, and it was days on market was all within under a month, three three weeks to a month, which historically is actually fairly good. So I the only caveat I'll put on that is. There's a little bit of a new West bubble happening there. Um, I just was doing an evaluation on uh, downtown condos, and we're looking at uh, like four percent off asking for price. December. Um, I think December, December we were that too. I think I think December was December was better, but I think what was happening in December is the new listings were coming on where people who really wanted to sell and did what I set was talking about where they came on at a yeah. really good price. But around 
New West seems to be a little more insulated yeah. for, the, for that. As Advertised all. days on market also gets skewed because when you figure out how to get your seller to ask the right price, you've been on the market for you three re-list. months and then you relist. Yes, it totally gets <laughs> skewed. <laughs> yeah, right. So that get that gets a little distorted. So that is a really uh, specific year in review. Yeah. Right, it's detailed. We've gone through a lot of information, all pretty condo specific. But what it leads us to is that is a year in review, and with all of the volatility and the ups and downs, it has pretty much ended at a point of what you just said, Jeff and Jeremy. You're echoing as well is that at the right price, the buyers are there, the listings are selling. Yes. We, we know what we know what the, the market value is pretty much now. So it's not all really doom and gloom for the next few months in our in our yeah. minds if we if we look at it that way i'd say we know the market value way better than if we go back to the start of the year like the conversations i was having at the start of the year once we saw what was happening was i have no idea what this is going to sell for <laughs> i know this is the right price to list it at where we will get the most people but we might get 20,000 over we might get 100,000 over no we just need to roll the dice here but the- i know we're going to sell it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm feeling good in that sense that if we can get their, their price right, the buyers are willing to play ball. Yes. Right? So after all of that up and down through 2018... And That's the important thing. Yeah. Like the, the speculative market that we live in here, the fear-based market, at least we don't have sellers that are flooding the market with listings right now because they're scared that that 800 is gone and we don't have buyers who are scared that it's or you know that it's going to keep going down and they're just going to dig their their heels in yeah. and and wait things are moving if they're at the right price now most of our conversation today was about condos yeah because i feel like the detached market went through essentially the whole same exercise 12 months prior earlier yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah and and it was pretty steady for 2017 yeah uh, when the stats say that prices came down i think that's really skewed by the luxury market because the high-end houses really have not been moving. Oh, luxury, yeah, is dead, dead, dead. You talked to, a, I was speaking with a West Van realtor, and I mean, I think they have like under 5% of homes that are listed. They were in Bur- Burnaby, Vancouver. They've all been in single-digit sales ratios for yeah. for a while. New yeah. S, again, like our little bubble that we live in here. Yeah, and if you're like a, a million-two home, you're kind of okay, but you get into the like high-end stuff in New West. Yep. And, and it's. Well, some of them near 2 million were moving. Yeah. Again, you got to be fair, yeah. right? You got to be at 2 million today instead of 2.5 million, you know, last year. But I think yeah. that's been determined. Yeah. Right? So, so detached was relatively steady. And I don't see, I mean, we didn't have too much swings one way or the other through 2018. And we're just kind of steady as she goes coming into 19. Yeah. I, I think there was a slowdown in houses, but it wasn't this abrupt. The roller coaster that we were describing. And of. back to buyer mentality. Yeah. It seemed like more of the condo buyer who's saying, well, we're going to wait. We're yeah. going to wait this out because we haven't seen the bottom yet. It's all coming down. Whereas the house buyer is like, if it's the right ones out there and I can afford it, I'm buying it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. So uh, that's the story of 2018. And I think Matt has a story. Is it is it a 2019 story? Can no. I... Well, it is and it isn't. It is. Okay. It is oh, and it, it is. Ooh, it's a mystery. <laughs> It's story time with Jer. Great story. Compelling and rich. It's not always my story? No, it's not always your story. What if Matt has an awesome story to tell? Well, he can tell it to me or write it down and I will (laughs) paraphrase. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show.
So this is a story that starts in 2018, but it ends in 2019. I was hearing Fresh Prince when you did that. So this is a story (laughs) all about how... Matt's life got flipped, turned upside down. (laughs) I'm just going to take a minute. Okay, did I throw you off? No, just sit right there. Oh, (laughs) snap. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we listed this place in September, and... We kind of told this example as we were going through last year. Uh, Get it on the market based on interpretations, what was going on in the summer, feeling pretty good about what's going on, list it for less than what the equivalent property had been selling for. So we felt pretty good about what we had done with our asking price. Were you thinking you were going to get multiple offers? Not multiples, but just a good, fair, quick sale. Okay. And in the first week, tons of activity. Lots of people coming through, lots of positive energy. Nobody was the most active listing we had at the time. Definitely. And in a segment that was not busy. Yeah. Positive feedback across the board, no pushback on price. It's just, uh, well, I have something to sell though in order to buy this. Yeah, we didn't talk about that in our main topic, but that was a thing. That was, that was a reoccurring theme last year. Yeah, I love this property. I'd totally buy it for this price. Just yeah. going to sell mine for yesterday's as price. As soon as someone buys my overpriced <laughs> listing, I'll come and buy this overpriced <laughs> listing. <laughs> so we thought we were reasonably fair. But anyway, we've been on the, on the market for a week. We had a couple people come through for, for like more than one showing. Like more than one individual was doing second showings, yeah. getting real serious. Somebody goes ahead and writes an offer. So we got our offer on paper, comes in, uh, opening offer, is 50000 off of asking price. And so and your price is sharp. R- reasonably fair. From where your yeah. perspective is at yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah, so we're not we're not loving this. So we said, hey, buddy, like we've been on for a week. You've, you've seen all the activity. Every time you've been here, there's been lots of people. Uh, so we're not quite willing to dance there. And the agent says, well, that was their best offer. They started yeah. with their best <laughs> offer? <laughs> what are you doing? So uh. I said, uh, I, I imagine it's not. Um, but if we're this far apart, just tell me what's your best offer and we'll give you a yes or a no. Yeah. They come up 10,000 and we said, no. I mean, after giving it some consideration, but yeah. the, the end result was no. I, th- I feel like we can get that same number a month from now if we feel like it. Um, we'll reduce our price and get that. Yeah. Um, that was the agreement of, between all of us. And uh, so, you know, not right now, uh, but thanks for coming. Anyway, uh, three and a half months later, not sold. Price reductions. Oh, I and, hate this story. And uh, the uh, the end result was the sellers realized, you know, we're not we're not too reg- obviously we regret missing that opportunity, but we're not going to let that cloud the reality of where we stand today. So, a couple more opportunities came in. Things didn't work out with offers for various reasons because the market is just so difficult. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the sale price that we we ended up with, the person who was able to proceed, was nearly another uh, fifty thousand dollars. Below, below the, the offer, the turned, the offer we turned down. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, yeah. So, a story of uh, you know September versus December. Wow. And I guess actually it was all completely wrapped up before the end of the year. So you lied. Well, it felt like it was the <laughs> it was the next year. It was after Christmas. All right. <laughs> So, and that's a story that Jeremy and I have been telling now to a few people we work with yeah, to help them understand the risks that you take if you you don't get on board with today's price. Yep, for sure. Well, 
we're we're not doing questions, so I think that's that's probably going to do it for us this oh, week. Oh, that's huh? kind of a sad ending. Yeah, way to <laughs> leave us on a well, downer. Unless we spin it to someone got a great Christmas present. Yeah, the buyer a got a great a Christmas <laughs> present. Great, a great Christmas buy. Everybody was happy to see that done. It was like yeah. it, the only reason why it sold is because everybody is happy, right? That's yeah. that's how deals get done. So we're happy to see it done. But it is it is definitely speaking to what the market was, you know, in August and September, and where we are today. It's a sad story, but it is a very informative story. It, yeah, it, it's it's a story. And that story is going to help a lot of other sellers. Yeah. For just a dollar a day, you too can help. <laughs> anyway, I mean, as a seller in need, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to maybe telling some better stories for our next few episodes. We've got some awesome stuff lined up. Yeah, yeah. So next week, Jer, Jer talked about it already, but we're going to have Patrick Johnstone on. PJ. So new West City Councillor. Which is really exciting. We're going to be talking about assessments. Um, if you guys have questions for Patrick, you can send that to feedback at morealestateshow.com. Nailed it. First try. <laughs> yeah, that's my New Year's resolution <laughs> is, you know, know our email address. Cool. So, I mean, Pat is going to be your resource if you have things regarding, you know, the city application of taxes. And we're going to speak to tax assessments and if you should challenge it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it'll be a really good episode, despite yeah. what Jer thinks. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of PJ um, and taxes. It's, it's, to me, it's interesting. It is interesting. I'm just thinking that to other people, things that I find interesting aren't necessarily interesting to other people. How's that hole you're digging? Um, <laughs> tax assessments. <laughs> if uh, if you guys have enjoyed this show, please think about leaving us a uh, five star review on iTunes, um, and we will be back next week. Thank you, guys. So, Matt, I know we've already talked to you about this. What are we doing now? I just wanted to talk a little bit about Jared and I's super secret project <laughs> for 2019. Oh. <laughs> Fine, I'm done. See you later. Matt's, Matt's going to leave. You're not, gonna, you're not allowed to record at my house anymore. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that we have, we have another thing. Oh, is that what you tricked me into creating a new recording space so you can make another show? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't need me anymore. We totally need you. You can come on our new show. Tell me about your new show. This is Jeff Jeff and Jerry and Friends, so it's it's more inclusive than than Jeff and Jerry Friends in New West. It's Jeff and Jeff and Jerry and Friends. It's a food show in New West about uh, or a food a food show about eating in New West. It's called Jerry and Jeff Eat New West. Jaron Jeff eat New West. Jaron Jeff eat New West. Jaron Jeff eat New West. Yeah, that's that's the plan. So we we we've already jingle. went and shot at the Queens Park Butcher, and he was he was awesome. We made brisket and Rivers Reach, but, but we messed but the, up the audio. We messed up the audio, and the, so we might have to go back. Yeah, we we might do a redo. The the Reach and also the Reach manager wasn't too happy with with. Uh, you trying yeah. to apparently promote. you can't just record people eating in a public oh, establishment. Matt, it was so funny because I, I did my community videos like two years ago. Yep. And this is the same idea, but we're expanding them. They're gonna be longer and we're gonna have uh Jer and it's all gonna be food based. But Jer was asking me, he's like, Well, when you go in there, like 
do you need permission? And I'm like, no, never. You never need permission. Because I did, I did 30 of them. I thought you were a film guy. And nobody ever, yeah, if you're making a film, you do. But if you're just making a community video about how much you like a place, generally people are super excited that you're there. So the only time it's ever happened was we went to the Reach <laughs> right after I told Jared, don't worry about it. And the manager's like, what are you doing? <laughs> are like, you filming? We're like, we're making a video about how much we love this place. He's like, you can't do that. <laughs> do not go publishing how much you like my establishment yeah. on the internet. Yeah. So we'll see if maybe we won't use the reach footage right away. And we're, we're going to have drinks on there too. Beverages. I want to do ones about like beverages. Our Donair guy just gave us a, a great recipe for a beverage. We're going to do Donairs. Matt, what would be like your favorite place to highlight in New West for food? Oh, putting me on the spot. Yeah. I mean, the first place I would think of is Royal Crown Pizza because that guy's just a stand up guy and he had a really tough go. Which place is Royal Crown Pizza? That's the one on the corner of 8th Street and 4th Avenue. And there was a fire three doors over and the smoke damage caused his establishment to be closed for like oh. nearly two years. Oh, that's yeah. Just so we, lost the like. Is it still occupancy of its yeah, business? Yeah, but essentially because yeah. it's in the same strip. Yeah, so like the, the, the like, health authority wouldn't open his place up. Oh no! So he had to like go get another job for like two years. Anyway, just a really nice stand-up guy. Yeah, uh, you know, good quality little pizza place, huh. fair prices. So he's the, he's just he's a good New West guy. Hmm. Be the first place I'd say go see go say hi. Nice pizza is going to be a tough one. Because there's a lot of pizza. You don't have to play favorites on the actual pizza, but you can have your commentary. I mean, you can tell the story. Well, that's an interesting story, too. Yeah. So that, hmm. Yeah, pizza. There's a few things in New West that are going to be tough. Like, it would be hard to pick a best sandwich place in, in New West. There's a lot of really good sandwich places. No, it's not hard. <laughs> it's on Columbia. The one on Columbia Street. <laughs> We've made the joke before, but yeah. it is, in fact, on Columbia Street. <laughs> All three of them that are contenders are on on Columbia. <laughs> I have a favorite. Yeah, yeah. you have to tune into Jeff and Jer eat New West. Oh, Matt said Jeff and Jer. Out. Oh, dude, did I do uh, it wrong? I think you did it right. Oh. <laughs> It'll be different each time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're trying to figure out what your guest star role is. What was your idea, Jer? Bon Marche guy. Uh, d- yeah, I think you mentioned. Oh, the, full full meter. The full yeah the full meter. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a price per calorie kind of lunch meal shopper. How do I not know that? Like, you really care about whether your sandwich is like $8 or $9 or... Matt's metabolism is extremely fast, so... Oh, it's the calorie. The calorie is the important part. The calorie is the important part. I am not spending $14 on lunch if I'm not full at the end. I can get behind that. Sure. Right? Uh, And $12 on lunch? I still would better be full. Yeah. Now, $9 on lunch, and I'm not full, I'm probably not coming back, because the only way I get full after that is eating a giant cookie, and that's not what I'm trying to do with my diet. You don't want to be, like, a more doughy realtor? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Matt could ever be doughy. (laughs) Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sort of my, uh, but most of my eating out happens at lunch. Right. I don't do a lot of eating out for dinner, so I'm... So your eating out happens with Jer and I. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you look at us and you can tell. 